0: I don't think that old buildings should be torn down. I think they should be enjoyed. I don't really see it as a landmark. Oh, well, it doesn't really
1: affect me because I, I guess I didn't even know what it was.
0: And the voices you heard uh, just uh, coming in there were uh, some people, some men on the street, ladies on the street, uh, that were interviewed by uh, Global News' uh, Erica Vela when she was covering this story that I uh, was talking to you about a little bit on Monday with the uh, momentum that is uh, apparently growing to save Toronto's planetarium, the McLaughlin planetarium that's uh, right there by the ROM and uh, you know there's a internet movement happening right now to try and save it from the wrecking ball Uh, it's been slated to be uh, demolished or replaced and right now it's being used for storage apparently which I I feel like uh, that's a kind of sad thought Uh, whatever you think of the use of the planetarium just a thought of boxes or other things filling up that uh, the halls of the planetarium. Not the best thought you you have to use that sort of facility, and uh, I, I've been lamenting this week the destruction of some other uh, Toronto buildings and the destruction of a lot of our history. Hey, we lost a lot of it in a fire, but we've also been tearing a lot of it down in the time since then, and I know the McLaughlin Planetarium isn't the oldest structure in the city and doesn't, might not be the most striking to you as a uh, piece of architecture, but uh, it holds a lot of memory for a lot of people. And joining me on the phone right now is Jeff Balmer, who is an architecture prof and uh, McLaughlin Planetarium advocate. Jeff, thanks a lot for joining me today.
1: Hey, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you,
0: Jeff. What got you involved with uh, trying to save the Planetarium?
1: Well, um, there's a short answer. And there's a long answer. I guess. <laughs> Let's uh, go
0: with the short one. But just okay.
1: Uh, two years ago, the University of Toronto, who uh, owned the building and the property, they, they bought it from uh, ROM uh, in 2009, announced that they had a uh, sort of development proposal uh, for that part of their campus that would involve the inevitable demolition of the McLaughlin Sanitarium building. And that kind of uh, motivated me to launch a Facebook page and try and uh, build support that was out there to say what uh, many consider a, a real icon of mid-century modernist
0: architecture city of Toronto. And when it comes to the, you bring up mid-century architecture, if for a lot of people now, this may, might not necessarily be their cup of tea. You know, we can look at an old bank building and say, hey, that's an old piece of architecture. We can look at an old church and say, that's a beautiful old piece of architecture. But some of the mid-century boxy square stuff kind of turns some people off and they say, I don't really like that. But how important is it to try and keep that kind of stuff alive uh, when, when we try and look at sort of the footsteps backwards through time in our, in our city?
1: Well, you're right. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a harder sell to, to make the case to the general public uh, to preserve a building that was built in 1968. But keep in mind, back in 1968, you know, around the time that the new city hall had been just completed, uh, there was a real strong sentiment that we should pull down the old city hall. Now, today, of course, if you were to tell people, hey, should we tear down the old city hall? People say, are you crazy? Mm. Are you nuts? But just 40, 50 years ago, it was considered an eyesore, a dinosaur. Buildings from that era were just considered not worthy of preservation. And there
0: were beautiful buildings around Nathan Phillips Square that were torn down that were maybe only 40, 50 years old at the time. Right. So, are you? Is the parallel I'll, I'll take from that is, you know, when you look at something that's only forty, fifty years old, if we tear it all down now, we'll never have any of it left over when it is time to start trying to defend it when it's a hundred years old.
1: True, uh, and inevitably, a lot of stuff in, in a city like Toronto is is going to get torn down. Uh, it's just inevitable. This is a desirable place to live. It's probably the greatest city in the world. I'm a native of Toronto. I don't live there in, uh, anymore right now, but. Um, and there's a lot of folks who want to come live there, and, and that's a good thing in general. Uh, the question is, what do we preserve, and what do we allow to make way for other stuff?
0: I and and that's question. one of the things, and I'm not a proponent of stopping development. I'm a big fan of the development. Like I said, I live right. in a big glass condo downtown. Right now, I'm in a big glass building by the lake, and I'm watching a crane swing almost overhead here in the, in the studios at AM640, and I've I'm a big fan of all that, but at, at, you don't want to build too much of that at the cost of losing eye compared to the, you know, you chop off a tree and you look at the rings of the stump and you can look through time and almost you could look at the ROM and you can see the older structure. You can see that big uh, glass tumory thing that's coming off of it on the other side. But then on this side, on the south side, you can look at this piece of mid-century architecture that uh, is uh, left over from from that time of the city's development.
1: Yeah, and you know, um, it, it it may not strike everyone the McLaughlin may not strike everyone as a sort of worthy landmark. I I, I saw the soundbite, I heard the soundbite earlier from the Global News story, and that's fair enough. Uh, you're never going to get everyone to agree unless it you know it's the Taj Mahal or the Coliseum or something like that. But in the meantime, if we can manage to hold off demolition of uh, uh, structures from every period of time, and we when we allow for a sort of diversity of time periods to coexist, I think we're talking about the kind of city that people are drawn to, that people go to visit. And I think that's the kind of city that uh, Torontonians want to preserve.
0: And Jeff, I think that one thing that might you know, uh, make people, a lot of people shrug about this particular structure is people think of planetarium, that's so passe. We sit back in our seats and we watch the fancy lights go overhead. When I went there as a kid, I thought it was really, really cool but maybe now you want to bring your kids there because they've seen, hey, they've got Google Earth on their uh, a computer right in front of them or on their tablet, so they don't necessarily need that look at the stars that that you can get at a planetarium. What kind of uses does this building have if it doesn't get destroyed or uh –
1: Well, um, two things there. One, I don't think that planetaria are necessarily passe. We look at other major cities in North America, throughout the world, they're thriving. And even the small uh, planetarium that we have there in Toronto at the Ontario Science Center Mm -hmm. is fairly quite popular. It's much smaller than the old McLaughlin, and I think that a city the size of Toronto could merit a much larger facility like the original McLaughlin, 350 seats, or the Adler or the Hayden uh, Planetarium in New York and Chicago. So, um, and there are all kinds of amazing new technologies uh, that have um, sort of kept pace with the technology from, you know, back in the day when you or I might have been uh, there on a field trip. Uh, To your point of uh, other potential uses for the McLaughlin building, um, that's an open question. And one of the things that sort of encourages me in the face of what many say is the imminent demolition of the building is that the... uh, the University of Toronto hired an amazing architecture firm who are looking at uh, master planning, uh, Diller, Scafidio, Renfro. They're based in New York and their hallmark is really innovative solutions. So I'm encouraged that if anyone can sort of make the case to the client, University of Toronto, that that building can be adaptively, uh, you know, restored through some other use, maybe a recital hall uh, with the faculty music, who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm interested in any and all uh, uses that would help you know, adapt that building and preserve it.
0: Awesome, Jeff. Really appreciate you joining me today. Uh, where can people uh, find out more information and uh, join that Facebook group?
1: We at uh, Save the McLaughlin Planetarium. Uh, that's a Facebook page. We have a, a, a change.org petition. If you Google Save the Planetarium, uh, folks should be able to find that. And, uh, and in both cases, we're posting all the sort of recent media uh, interest that, uh, that we're seeing. Uh, thanks, and folks. Uh, in part, like folks. Uh, like you guys. So thank you so
0: much. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks so much for your time, and good luck in the fight to save this uh, piece of uh, Toronto history. I know a lot of people have been there for uh, uh, throughout their uh, life and uh, through their childhood. That's uh, Jeff Ballmer, who is a architecture prof and an advocate trying to save the McLaughlin Planetarium. I am Chris Cresson. I'm filling in for Kelly Catrera.